children can make their way downstairs. Hey, I'm so excited to be here this morning with you two weeks in a row. Um, it's been great. If you don't know me, I am Jacob. I am the director of Next Generation Ministries here at Tapestry, which means I get to hang out with all the cool kids downstairs, but this week I'm going to be with you guys. Um, we, uh, I'm filling in for Phil today. I just want to say that he is um, in Guatemala this week, and you may think we always go to Guatemala in, in the summer, every summer, but he is there on a unique trip uh, this time where 410 has contacted him, 410 Bridge has contacted him and asked if um, he would go to Guatemala with another pastor from Atlanta, and they have partnered up with a church, a Catholic church in Baltimore, um, and they went over to Guatemala to see if they can help this divide between uh, Protestants and Catholics um, in our very community that we go to every year. And so it's a really cool trip that he is on right now. I've uh, spoken with him a couple times, and he says it's going great, it has its challenges, and this is a trip that you have to completely lean on the Holy Spirit to lead you. And so if you think of it, he's still there until Wednesday, I believe. Um, pray for him, pray for their team. Uh, as the, what they're doing is so cool. Pray that they would have the energy, the extra amount of love to uh, love on these people and really pray for the people who are receiving. Pray for the pastors, pray for the, the priests who are, are there and that God has uh, chosen for this team to go over too. And so continue to pray for them. It's really cool to have a pastor that is so passionate about uh, missions. And so... As he's over there, we are going to continue our trek through Titus. As we are on week five, we carved out a seven-week series to spend in Titus, which is really cool to see how rich a book of just three chapters uh, can be. Because I know myself, I've gotten a lot out of this book of uh, leaning in, and I know I've heard stories from small groups, and as we work towards our our do-good day that Bruce was talking about, just really cool to uh, dive into this theme of do good, which Paul has been talking about over and over again. Do good, do good. And in chapter 1, he, he says do good in the church. We've we got to be good leaders. And in chapter 2, he goes into do good in the home, be good models. And where we're going today is do good in the world. Do good in the world. And the question that we have as Christians is how do we live in the world, uh, but but not of the world? How do we live in the world, but not of it? How do we not conform to it? How do we not uh, blend in? Because uh, we're actually called to do the very opposite. We're called to go out. The Great Commission, what Jesus tells us to do is go out and multiply. And so we're not called to stay in our little Christian bubble. We're called to go out. So how do we do that without uh, just blending in and getting sucked in because we're called as Christians, we're called to be different. We're called to be uh, a good kind of weird. Christians are weird. Uh, We don't live the same way everyone else lives. We live a different way. We're a good kind of weird. So I want to ask you this morning, uh, how would someone on the outside describe you? Weird. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) How would, how would, if, if someone has a look in your life, what is that one thing you're always doing? What's that one thing you're always doing? Is it sharing your faith? Or is it always getting in fights on Facebook? Or is it, are you, are you constantly in your 
uh, community serving or are you constantly in your household getting in fights? Um, are you doing good or being negative? What is that one thing you're always doing? Being very vulnerable. Um, one thing that I struggled with, especially before I was a Christian, is uh, getting sucked into the, the culture. I, if you know me at all, I love sports. I love movies. I love the superheroes. And it's, it's hard for me. Before I was a Christian, um, I, I held that as an idol. And, and I, uh, I wanted to be cool. I wanted to stand out. And uh, I went through many of phases as, as, a, uh, as a, a human. I, w- I go through many phases. If you ask anyone that's in my life, I go through phases. Um, and people, if you were to look at my life, I would not be the good kind of weird. I would just be weird. I was just a weirdo. I was that, I was that kid that um, wore pajama pants all the time. I kid you not, sophomore year of high school, I wore pajama pants every single day. Um, and this wasn't just like your plaid pajama pants. This was like, I'm here to make a statement, pajama pants. Like M&M's, uh, tie-dye. I'd wear that to school every day. We're going to an NFL football game. I got my pajama pants on. Going out for homecoming, I wore pajama pants. I was weird. Uh, sophomore year of high school or uh, sophomore year of college another phase of mine was I thought it'd be cool to grow my hair out to like pass my my chest and that may look good on some people but it did not look good on me I was just weird Um, I was weird and I tried to use that to promote myself I tried to stick out I always wanted to to stick out and get people's attention and most of us we we're, we're so prideful we we try to stand out and we're, we're trying to promote ourselves and we want to we want to be the goats does anyone know what i'm talking about anyone know what goat is yeah if you have a child or a grandchild you know that goat stands for the greatest of all time we want to be the greatest of all time i saw the stat that said and this kind of blew my mind because it wasn't talking about children it said 60 percent of adults when they were asked what they could be, if they could pick any job, they would want to be a celebrity. 60% of adults wanted to be a celebrity. They want to be the best athlete, the funniest person on YouTube, um, or the, uh, that name that is in every household, that common name, because they want the praise, they want the glory. We want to be the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And Paul, what, what we see in this book, he says, you've got to be very careful about that type of living. You got to be very careful because he's saying you need to stick out. But where we're going today, I bet it's not the way of sticking out that you have in mind. And so we're going to be in chapter three of Titus today. You can follow with me on the screen. We're going to start in verse one and two. and We're going to see what Paul is saying of a way to stick out and a way to do good. In verse one, two, it says, remind the believers to submit to government and its officers. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. And as I studied this, this uh, chapter in Titus and as I looked into uh, the Gospels, as I looked into what... Uh, what it was that the way Jesus lived, that he came down to us, he lived among us, he died on the cross for us, he ascended into heaven, he's, he's coming back. And as I, I try to bring all of it together, I'm like, what, what is a way that we need to stand out? How do we stand out? 
And the, the, the answer that I found is that we must be humble to everyone. Be humble to everyone. And I, I, I've heard it said before, humble is not thinking less of ourselves. It's thinking of ourselves less. And it's, I wish I could say, there you go. Have a great Sunday. <laughs> but we know that being humble, being, setting our pride to the side is one of the hardest things to do as, as, a, as a human. We, we aren't too good at being humble, especially I know as a male that we, we try to be good at everything, especially um, outdoorsy stuff or being a handyman. You know, we, we can't let someone else do that because that would, that would look poorly on us. We want to look great. And I, I'll tell you, if I try to be an outdoorsy person or a handyman, everything would be on fire. I am not that type of person. And if I try to be, live that way, it would not go well. I did try to live that way, and everything was broken. Um, this one time, my, I was uh, in college, and I was at this church, and my pastor there, I was interning there, and my pastor called me up and he said, Hey, Jacob, I got this terrible allergies if I mow the lawn, um, I'm going to explode. So, like, will you please come over and, and mow our yard for us? And I was like, of course. I would love to do that. And so, and, you know, I wanted to go over there and serve him. Um, but in my mind, I was like, well, maybe if I do this thing for him, he'll, he'll think higher of me. Maybe he will uh, offer me a job at the end of this internship. Maybe he would um, think uh, higher of me. And so, um, in my heart... I wasn't really in the right place as I went over there. And really, he was calling the wrong person because uh, I get over there and he's like, hey, thanks, Jacob, for coming. Uh, the mower is in the garage. You just need to put some gas in it. You're good to go. And I'm like, perfect. He's like, have you mowed before? And I'm like, Psh, yeah, I've mowed plenty of times. Um, my dad had like set up the mower for me every time. I just pulled the, the stringy thing and I was good. Um, and so I... Uh, I go into the garage, and I see the mower, and I promise you, this thing looked alien. Like, I had never seen this mower before. There was no stringy thing. Um, there was just a bunch of buttons. I didn't even know, like, where the grass went. It, like, just sucked it up. Um, and I was trying to figure it out, and so I put gas in it. Um, I, I think I clicked the right button. We get going. The mower's going, and I, I probably get 20 feet, and pfft, this thing, like, catches on fire like smoke starts coming out of it and i'm like oh so like i like try to fan it off and uh i wait for like the smoke to go away i go inside and i'm like hey the mower stops for some reason and he's like i'll come look at it and uh, he looks at it and he like finds this little gauge he's like oh you need gas i'm like okay and so he goes and he pours gas in there and it was not the place why i poured gas in there I don't even know what hole I found to put gas in there, but we came to the conclusion that I had officially, like, destroyed the mower. Um, I don't know where I put it, and he never used that mower once again, and I was, of course, never asked to come back to mow their yard again. Um, and so I was too humble. I was, I was just wanting to do it. I, was, I couldn't ask. I, like, when I saw that mower, I couldn't go inside and ask for help because I, I wanted to be this great person, and I wanted to, him to think highly of me as the greatest mower of all time. Um, I was too, too scared. And Paul says he's got, got to be careful living this way. Because what, what he's saying, he's saying don't, 
live your life just always trying to stick out in by by culture. Live out, stick out by. He's saying submit and be obedient to the government. Some of you are like, whoa! Do you realize who like is leading us right now? And and I'm not going to get into politics, but I I honestly believe that as as long as it is aligned with God's will, that we can live and participate in the social structure that is around us. I believe that we can honestly be difference makers by following the law and, and paying taxes. I believe that we can change the world by, by being obedient because we know that a lot of people don't follow the law. Don't, and we, people can look at us and see that the peace that we know that God is at work. And he says, don't get in fights. Don't talk down on people. He's saying don't create a lot of waves in your life. Have peace in your heart. Peace with everyone. Peace with everyone. Everyone. Everyone as in everyone. Um, He's saying, you know, those Christians in your life, your brothers and sisters in Christ, do good to them. And those people that are different from you, yeah, do even more good to them. Do good to everyone. Be gentle and humble to everyone. People of your skin, people who have different skin than you, people who identify as homosexual, people who identify as straight, people who are Christians, people who are not Christians. Be humble to everyone. And he's not saying conform to everyone. He's saying be humble. Humble yourselves into a position where you're able to do good to them. Be humble to everyone. And so he's saying... He's telling us what to do as Christians, as believers, in verse 1 and 2. And then in verse 3, he, he kind of switches, um, switches pace here. He says, Once we too were foolish and disobedient, we were misled and be, became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. And so, he, he, at first he's telling us we got to be humble and now he's saying, why, why should we behave this way? What should drive me to care about people who are outside my circle, who are outside the Christian faith? Why should I care for people that maybe treat me poorly? And he's saying, you should, you should be humble to everyone because you were once that way. You were once that way. You were once on the outside of the circle. And you're like, well, I, I've, never, I've never done drugs like Jimmy. Or I've never treated uh, my spouse uh, uh, poorly like Jimmy. I've never, I'm a better parent than Jimmy. Um, I really hope there's not a Jimmy in here today. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm not like that. And the truth is, it may be a different sin, but we're all sinful. We were all from the same, uh, same place. We're, we are sinful. And he, he's trying to remind us that we were once on the outside, He's trying to remind us the need for salvation, the need for the cross. And so he starts off by saying, live this way because you were once there. You were once in this darkness, and now you are in light. There's, at some point, there was this, this event in history that allows you to travel from, from this point to this point. There's this Something happened where you were able to transform from darkness to light. And he, all of a sudden we know where living in the world but not of the world comes from. And there, there's these two types of living, this balance. 
If we truly believe that we're sinful, corrupt, and broken, then we acknowledge that we couldn't have been transformed on our own, that we needed a Savior. And so he's, he's saying, be humble, um, and we must remember where we came from. Remember where we came from. So remember where you came from, be humble, but now he goes on to saying, how? How all that's possible? How we're able to go from, from this place, from darkness to light? So if you read with me, um, I love these verses. In verse 4 it says, But when God our Savior revealed His kindness and love, He saved us. He saved us. Not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He washed, us, he washed away our sins, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. Because of His grace, He declared us righteous and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. So all this comes down to, how is this possible? And it says, He saved us. He saved us. So take that, those, those three words in. He saved us. Like I said, all of a sudden we know where He's saying, living in the world but not of it. Be humble, be gentle, submit, be obedient. We realize where he's drawing all that from, and it's from the only perfect example of humility, which is Jesus Christ. How, how did he go about saving us? He came down to us. I want you to think about the humility that that takes. Jesus Christ, the, the most high God coming down to us and in our, our skin coming down to us, living among sinners. I try to like, think of an example or an illustration that could explain this, but there's really no other way to explain, no other way to illustrate the type of humility that Jesus did by doing that. And the, the crazy thing is that He didn't come down to us just to get our praise. He didn't come down to us just to be served by us. He came down to us to serve us. Not to be served, but to serve. Which brings me to my next point. Don't be a consumer, be a contributor. Don't be a consumer, be a contributor. Often we walk into whatever environment we're in, whether it's our, our home, our, our workplace, our church. And it's like, how, how can this benefit me? How can, how can these people at work be more like me? How can, at church, how can the music fit my needs? Why, why does the pastor keep letting this young guy get up there and preach? <laughs> and the, we get so caught up in fitting my needs. And Paul says you've got to be really careful about that. It's not about promoting yourselves. Because Jesus actually says the very opposite. He says, don't promote yourself. Die to yourself. Don't promote yourself. Die to yourself. He says, The greatest among you will be a servant. And we see this through the way Jesus lived time and time again. It wasn't just one thing that He did. It's who He was. Serving isn't what we do. It's who we are. It's not just once a week on a Sunday. It's not just one Saturday on a third day once a year. It's it, it needs to become who we are. One of my favorite illustrations of this 
comes from the Gospels, and we're going to be looking at it through John's perspective today. Um, and it's, it's the night before Jesus' death, and uh, Jesus knew that his time and his purpose was coming to uh, an end. His time and his purpose had come, and, and he knew that he was going to die the next day. And actually, he even knew that the person that was going to portray him was in that very room. He even knew that uh, he even invited him there. And so he, he's sitting there. He invites them down. He, he takes, even though he knew he was going to die the next day, he takes time and he slows down. And he invites these people for fellowship. And while he's there, um, they're having this, this dinner. And the, the disciples, they, they get in this they get in a fight. An argument breaks out among them. And uh, guess what they're fighting about? Who's the goat? Who's the greatest of all time? You know? And because like, we know their personalities from, from reading the Gospels and the way they wrote, and uh, we know as a prideful person how arguments take place, and I can just like, imagine this argument. I, I can almost hear this argument happening at the table. Like uh, John being like, I'm the greatest of all time. I'm the loved one. I love how John wrote in his gospel about himself in second person, John, the one Jesus loved. You know, you can just hear him in this argument, I'm the loved one. Um, and then Peter being like, nah, I'm the greatest of all time. Who was the one that got out of the boat and walked on water? And the others being like, yeah, well, who's the one that sunk because they looked down? And then Bartholomew being like, I'm the greatest of all time. And the others being like, who are you again? <laughs> Poor Bartholomew is always being forgotten, right? And so they're, they're getting in this argument, and they're getting this argument, and Jesus, he's at this, he's right in front of them, and he could have looked out across this dinner, and, be, and all he could have seen is proud hearts. He could have gotten angry, and he's like, no, I'm, I'm about to leave, and here you are getting in arguments. He could have looked out and seen proud hearts. But what does Jesus look out and see? Jesus looks out and sees dirty feet. Instead of proud hearts, Jesus sees dirty feet. He knew that his time wasn't up yet. That he still had um, a lesson to teach these guys. The reason that he, he asked to have them here. And so we're going to be in... Uh, I'm going to read these two verses to show you what happens next. It's from John 13, verse 4 and 5. Um, it says, So he got up from the table took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. Can you imagine their faces? Like, this is Jesus. This is Jesus. And he gets up and he starts washing their feet. The person that they followed, the person that they looked up to, and he gets down and he washes their feet. Imagine what your face would be like. Think of like your boss coming and like, wash your feet. I mean, this felt wrong to them. Not only uh, was this like one dude washing another dude's feet, like kind of weird. It's like me calling my best friend. I'm like, hey man, can I come give you a pedicure? Like a little weird, right? One, one thing that would never happen, I absolutely hate feet. Like it's, I've lo- almost lost some friendships because they like touched me with their feet. Hate feet. I love people. I love people from their head to their ankles. Feet, not part of the deal. Um, and so it felt wrong to them. 
But that's not really why it felt wrong to them. It felt wrong to them because in their mind they had set up this ranking. And they're like, Jesus, you're, you're too good to do this. You're higher than me. Kind of like in our minds we've set up this ranking of money. He wouldn't do this to me. He has more money. I wouldn't go over to Guatemala and, and shower in this dirty water. I'm too good for that. They set up this ranking. And this, was, this is Jesus, the Son of God, the bread of life, the Prince of Peace, the living water, the great high priest, the, the light in the world, the Lamb of God, the righteous judge, the living stone, the true vine, the King of glory, the chosen one, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, our Redeemer, our Savior. And all this greatness, and what does He do? He gets down on His knees. And He could have said, I don't want to do that. That's, that's no fun. That's a dirty job. And He says, no, this is, this is my purpose. Right here. And He gets down and he, he washes their feet. I love that, just that imagery of humility. So my next point is, you must always carry a towel. Carry a towel. Um, when I was in college, I had this professor who is actually here today, um, Dr. Heising. I'm back in the corner if you're looking. Um, <laughs> Dr. Heising, and we uh, developed this relationship where he always poured into me. He, uh, we met, had a mentorship every Friday. And uh, this one night really sticks out to me where the week before graduation, him and his wife, Margaret, invite us all over for dinner. Um, and they, they made us this really nice dinner, but I mean, like at the time, I'm in college, so like anything that's not microwaved is like, whoa, I'm getting blessed tonight. Uh, and so we had this like amazing dinner, and we were sitting there having fellowship, and any time we like needed something more to drink, he would, he would stop uh, in the middle of his meal, get up, get us more to drink. He, he continued to serve us. And then we went over um, to the couches and he, he gave us um, this last uh, inspiring things, a sen- inspiring speech of seniors. And um, the thing that happened next really impacted me. He, as my professor, as my mentor, he gets down on his knees and he washes all of our feet. And the thing that he said next after that really stuck with me. He said, I'm going to give you each a towel tonight. Gave us a towel. He said, you must carry this towel with you. I don't care if you're a pastor or not. I don't care if you're working um, at a fast food restaurant. I don't care if you are the highest of high jobs. I need you to serve. And when I come and visit you, this towel better have holes in it. You must carry a towel. Because it's not, it's not about how great we are, it's about how well we serve. Jesus says, the greatest among you will be servants. So I want you to think about what constantly we've been saying, do good, do good, be eager to do what is good. What does that mean to you? We uh, read this last verse from Titus 3. Um, in verse 8 it says, This is a trustworthy saying. I want you to insist on these teachings so that all who trust in God will devote themselves 
to doing good. These teachings are good and beneficial for everyone. See, our, our faith isn't shown by reading some creed or coming to church on Sunday. Our faith is shown by, by how well we serve, how, by doing good to everyone, going out in the world. And he says when we bless someone, the first, I love that he says this is beneficial for everyone because when we bless someone, the first person that's going to be blessed most likely is us, our hearts. This whole series, time and time again, be eager to do what is good, be ready to do what is good. And if we're serving not just, it's not something we do, but it's who we are, we're going to have a towel on us at all times, ready to do what is good. It's not about how great you are, it's about how well you serve. Jesus, he looks at the goats, the greatest of all times, and he says, I don't know who you are. I've never known you. And then he looks at the sheep, the people that have served him, and he says, thank you. Thank you for serving me. Welcome home. I've prepared this place for you. For us to be together. Eternal life. He says, thank you for, for giving me water when I was thirsty. And some of us are like, Jesus, I've, I've always followed you. I've always trusted you. But when have I served you personally? And the truth is, is when we serve others, we're serving Christ. We have to realize that when we serve others, we're serving Christ. So if we fly over to Guatemala and we, we give them clean water, first time that they've had fresh, or clean water in a long time, and we, they drink it, Jesus is really saying, thank you for serving me. Thank you for giving me a drink when I was thirsty. If you're downstairs and you're consistent, being that consistent person in those, those kids' lives on Sunday, the only consistent, the consistency they may have in their lives right now, Jesus says, thank you for being here with me. When we serve others, we're serving Christ. And my, my uh, recommendation is that you find somewhere where you can serve consistently, consistently, somewhere where you can practice your strengths, find your purpose, and serve. Whether that's downstairs uh, with the kids, whether that's up here in the AV booth, or even out in the community, um, wiping babies' butts for the Lord. Come on now. If we want our relationship to change, maybe with a family member, Serve them. If you want a, a relationship with a spouse to change, serve them. If you're sick of the way this world is going, you don't like who our president is, you don't like the government, serve them. We must always carry a towel, remember where we came from, be humble to everyone. If you realize that you've been rescued out of darkness, and brought into a new life, all because of a payment given through the death of Jesus Christ, you'll want in. And not only will you want in, but you'll want to bring other people in. You won't just be comfortable where you're at. You'll want to always do good to others. So as the um, 
band comes back up as we close out. Um, if you'd pray with me, be an attitude of prayer as we close this morning. Father, we are so thankful for what you have done in the past. We're so thankful. And we can't even wrap our mind behind this, this imagery of humility because only you could have done what you did. Only you could have brought us out of darkness into light. So Father, I, I pray for the people who are, have been stuck in this, in this cycle of trying to stick out and trying to meet other people's needs and it's, it's, it's getting draining. And they, they're so, so tired and really, Lord, what they need to do is just to give it all up and to submit to You, be humble to everyone. Lord, I pray for our hearts that we would get ourselves in a position as we get closer to do good day. I pray that we would open our ears for where You're calling us to serve. Father, I pray for the walls that we have built up that have caused us not to see where You're calling us to go. The people that need are in need right here in Roswell, right here in this church. Father, I pray that You would break down those walls, that You would uh, guide us on Your path. Father, we, we're so thankful for what you did and what you have, uh, what you're going to do, we pray that the grace in the past and the glory in the future will shine light into our place right now, into our purpose, and that we could be difference makers. We could stand out as a good kind of weird. So, Father, we we lift your name out, and that you would get all the praise this morning. In your name, we pray. Amen.